humans. Hello, 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 humans of Minneapolis, Minnesota, St. Paul, Minnesota, Minnesota, and the world, because this show, LD 2.0 Radio, that you're listening to right now is broadcast across the world. Hey, this is me, Ellie Krug. How are you? Happy Monday, humans. I am thrilled that it's April, but not so thrilled that we have... Um, the remainder of snow and ice and all that kind of stuff here still in the Twin Cities from yet another storm to remind us that when all things are ended, it's just really about Mother Nature. So anyway, welcome to another LE 2.0 radio show where we talk about idealism, about me being a practical idealist and where I highlight idealism and all of that stuff. We have a really, really great show um, and, you know, we're going to have the big interview with a woman named Donna Minter from the Minnesota Peace Building Institute. It's going to be a really nice interview. I think that learning about what their work is doing is including a film festival that they're sponsoring uh, uh, later in this month. Uh, but before we get to Donna, I want to first talk about an 80-year-old retired engineer, like mechanical engineer, named John Johnson, who lives in Withville. Virginia, Withfield, spelled W-Y-T-H-E-V-I-L-L-E. Um, uh, what I'm going to ch- talk to you about and share with you is all from a March 30th Washington Post piece titled The Keeper of the Secret by Stephanie McCrumman. McCrumman. And so I just want to make sure we have credit there. And also... I need to let you know, listeners, some of what I'm going to talk about may be pretty graphic. So I'm sorry about that. Um, And uh, so just be aware. And sometimes, sometimes we need to talk about the things that are horrific in order for us to move along, to find our bearing. So, who is our idealist, John Johnson? He's a black-color man, um, as I said, 80 years old, and one of the few black-color humans living in Withville. That's not always been the case. At one time, um, there had been a greater percentage of people of, of color other than the white color living in Withville, but that has changed over time. John Johnson is also the local historian relative to black-color people. For example, he's documented every single grave in 54 African-American cemeteries in Wythe County, Virginia. But John Johnson, the reason I'm talking about him is that he has a special project. One that has him documenting an incident that happened in August of 1926. The incident? The last documented lynching of a black color human in Virginia. For the last 30 years, John Johnson has made it his mission to identify the dozen or so white-color men who are responsible for that lynching. No matter that those men are long dead, for John Johnson, what's important is that history take account, that history be accurate and thorough, and that there be some measure of justice for a horrific wrong inflicted on an innocent man. The underlying facts are this, so here's where we're going to start to get to the graphic part. Raymond Byrd, spelled B-Y-R-D, was a World War I veteran who served in the infantry in France. He's a black color, he was a black color man. And he had worked for a farmer in rural Withville County who had a daughter. That farmer was white color. The daughter was white color. And Raymond Bird and this young white color woman, the daughter of the farmer, they had a secret romantic relationship, as I said, and she became pregnant. Now, when the baby was born, um, the daughter of the farmer, the white woman, white color woman, claimed that she had been raped. Although later accounts have that the woman denied that she was raped. Um, Of course, upon the birth of the child and the um, claim of rape, 
1926 that incited the white color community in Withville County. And a group of, and Raymond Bird was arrested by the local police or sheriff and placed in the Wythe County Jail in Withville. Ultimately, shortly after the arrest, a group of white color men came to the jail and beat and ultimately shot dead Raymond Bird while he was in the jail cell. They then removed his body, tied it to the back of a car, and dragged the body through town and ultimately took the body to um, out of town, outside of town, and hung it from a tree not far from a local church. By the time that that had happened, by the time that Raymond Bird's body was hanging from that tree, there had been collected a crowd of of humans, white-color humans mainly, celebrating the death of Raymond Bird. Now, this was in 1926 um, uh, noteworthy, of course, and the Commonwealth of Virginia actually attempted to investigate the death of Raymond Bird, but couldn't find any witnesses. One man ultimately made a drunken confession, but later an all-white color jury acquitted that man. So ultimately no one ever paid any price for the death of Raymond Bird. Andrew John Johnson in the late 1980s, who became consumed with learning about the lynching of Raymond Bird, and more importantly, became consumed about learning the identities of those who are involved in it. John Johnson has in turn become very much a historical detective, looking at newspaper articles, interviewing descendants and relatives of those who may have been involved in the lynching. As he's done this, he's bounced up against old established norms about how things were and how people had certain places dictated by skin color. That is, certain places in the societal pecking order dictated by their skin color. John Johnson's found folks, both white color and black colors, who are willing to share, but only sometimes if the shades to their houses are drawn and their names are kept secret. He's found that there's a fragility of remembrance, that some can't bear the idea of knowing that a relative could have been so cruel so horrific towards another human. And as uh, related in the piece um, from the Washington Post, I'm going to just read a, a, a paragraph. So talking about fragility, about how people have difficulty in talking about race and about the past horrors. Here, I'm going to read this from the piece. Quote, I hear that so often, began Eric Simmons, who is black, The reason we keep revisiting this same topic is because we didn't have the conversation before. As African-American people, I think we shuffled around certain issues because we didn't want to offend white folks. White folks didn't want to offend black folks. But we need to talk about those old issues and get on some solid ground. Right now, we're not on any solid ground. And so... John Johnson has gone and and attempted to go forward looking at how all of this has affected humans in Withville and in his community. And it has been something that has um, had great profound impact on him. And as I said, it has caused a number of people to to refuse to want to cooperate or to be afraid. Um, you know, and he's also found, John Johnson has found some black color people who are still fearful of retribution if they say something that would demean even the memory of a white color person. And all of this goes back to our collective inability to acknowledge how we have harmed others simply on the basis of the color of their skin. As another person put it, and I'm reading now from the article. Oh, excuse me. As, uh, as John Johnson put it, this is what he said. Quote, 
I'm the keeper of the secret, he said one afternoon. I've got the names, and I don't really right now know what to do with them before I die. And I've got to do something with them before I die. And those names are the names of the dozen people that he's been able to ascertain were involved in the lynching of Raymond Byrd. After 30 years of digging around, John Johnson has assembled those names. And he believes and understands that something should be acknowledged by the community about who was involved and about how the death of Raymond Byrd came about. I suspect that John Johnson will let those names be known. He's 80 years old. He has not much time left on this earth. I suspect he will let those names be known as he rightly should so that Withville can start the difficult process of moving forward. Again, all of this is from an article titled The Keeper of the Secret from the Washington Post dated March 30th by Stephanie McCrumman. I urge you to go find it and look at it. It's well worth the 20 minutes it will take you to read the article. John Johnson, idealist at 80 years old, doing incredibly important work. If you like what you hear, visit my website at elliekrug.com. Please email me at elliejkrug at gmail.com. I love hearing from listeners. You're doing it more and more, and I really appreciate that. When we come back, the big interview with Donna Minter. Brending Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. This is Chad, owner of AM950, here to tell you about Snap Construction. They're experts in roofing, siding, window, and insurance restoration. They have energy-efficient products available for both residential and commercial properties. This spring, when we needed a company to take a look at a problem with our roof, I called the company I knew I could trust, Snap Construction. I've known Ryan, the owner at Snap Construction, for years, so I knew I could trust him. Don't just take my word for it. Check out their reviews online. They are arguably the most well-reviewed exterior contractor online in the metro area. Over the years, Ryan has always said the same thing to me about his work. If we build it, shouldn't we be held accountable for the work indefinitely? He backed that statement up years ago when Snap Construction was a pioneer in offering a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee on all their work. For a free estimate or general questions, call the locally owned company AM950 Trusts Snap Construction at 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP, or find them online at snapconstruction.com. They have financing options available. Hi, it's Tom Hartman. You know, Continental Diamond is special for a lot of reasons. The owners are Jimmy and Helene Pessis, a husband and wife team who had a dream to open their own store more than 30 years ago. They built a business that is the gold standard. The readers of Minnesota Bride Magazine have named Continental Diamond the best jeweler for the last seven years. Why? Amazing, friendly, no-pressure customer service, a selection of fine diamonds and design jewelry unlike anywhere else, and the fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies are pretty great, too. Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park and at ContinentalDiamond.com. Turn to Auto Technical with your vehicle donation. We have families waiting for a car. You know, over 85% of unemployed are successful in finding and keeping a job if they have dependable transportation. A car plus a job equals a life changed. 612-919-5526. We have families waiting for a car. 919-5526 or autotech.org. This is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many listeners know that I founded Human Inspiration Works, LLC, which trains on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming, diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on diversity and inclusion. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change the way they see the world. I'd love to help make your organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you.
And we're back on AM 950 with LE 2.0 Radio. I don't know about you, but uh, that story about John Johnson, that's going to stick with me for a very, very long time. And it's proof of what happens when somebody is motivated to make a difference in the world. And I'm really thrilled because for my guest here now for the big interview, I have another human who is working to make a huge difference in the world. Please uh, help me welcome Donna Minter to LE 2.0 Radio. Hi, Donna. How are you? I'm great. Welcome to uh, the show. You are with the Minnesota Peacebuilding Leadership Institute or just Minnesota Peacebuilding, right? That's right. You're the executive director with them, correct? I am. Okay, and by training, you're a neuropsychologist as well, right? And I also do evaluations for the courts. Okay, all yeah. right. So I, and when I was back in a long day ago when I was a trial lawyer, I worked with neuropsychologists quite a bit. So, um, but we don't need to go there. So, Donna, um, I wanted to have you on the show um, because your nonprofit is doing incredible work. And I'm going to assume some of our listeners have heard about the Minnesota Peacebuilding Leadership Institute, but why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Based um, in Minneapolis? Yes. It is, it is based in Minneapolis. Okay, tell us, uh, what does it do? How long has it been around? Go ahead. All right. Well, we do... Um, trainings and events in the community that teach people very practical, productive, positive strategies strategies to transform psychological trauma into nonviolent power. We've been doing this work since June of 2010 when we offered our first five-day strategies for trauma awareness and resilience training in Minneapolis. Okay, so let's... Um so let's talk a little bit more. I mean, what you just said is a mouthful, okay? Let's say it in practical terms, okay? What does it really mean for, for you know, ordinary person listening? Well, that, that's a great question because oftentimes I have people say, help me understand the connection between psychological trauma and peace building. And so this is what I say, that when terrible things happen, our peace has been stolen from us. And most people want to build peace back into their lives. Okay. So what we teach at our trainings are very practical, productive strategies to help people build peace back into their individual lives, their family lives, and their communities. So this could be anything ranging from on the on the macro level, uh, 9-11 and, and how our country was affected by that, to is it like family divorce or... Um, you know, sexual assault or um, something like that. Yes, absolutely. Or being marginalized at work because somebody wanted to mob you. Right. Okay, so it's all of those different things. Right. And the training is designed to help participants get to a place where they are back to base, where where they have personal peace again. That's that's right. And then to be able to take action to not only recognize if this has happened in their own lives, when the terrible things that have happened in their own lives, but to be honest with you, most people come to our trainings because they are in some kind of helping role or what they want to do is to be able to be aware of the people in their own sphere of influence and how they can be useful. Okay. Um, All right. So, Donna, you know, LE 2.0 Radio is about idealists idealism and idealists and you are an idealist and we'll get to that later on in the show but so what i'm hearing from you is that you are you're minting and refining idealists out in the community do i have that right that's a that's a good way to talk about it absolutely yeah we're really working to empower them give them strategies you know it's it is about awareness it's also about education, but then it's also giving people very practical things that they can go out and do right away. They're going to make a positive difference. All right, so give us some of those practical things. Um, one example that I, I practice myself on a regular basis is I started thinking a while ago about all the people that I see on a regular basis, and I don't know their names. Ah. And I thought – how would our relationship change if I introduced myself and asked them their name? Very non-Minnesotan. 
Well, you know, I, I I love this place, and I wasn't born here, but I love this place. I've adopted it, and so it's a little risky. It feels a little risky sometimes to do that, but I have met the most wonderful people that I see regularly, the, the bank teller, the parking lot attendant, the janitor, the, you know, person that works in my neighborhood, the police officer, that I, I I step out of my comfort zone and just say, you know, I see you regularly. My name is Donna. What's your name? And I've never had anybody say, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> they lean into me. When I take the risk right. to lean in, they lean back. Okay. And then... Then when I see them regularly, I say, oh, Kumara, how are you today? How is your family? Oh, Donna, it's very nice. Good to see you. He's the, the parking lot attendant at the bank where I, where I go. Right, yeah. right. Part of my problem is I f- would forget the name. And, and you know, but, but I, what you're – so I do a training around human inclusivity. And part of that is about the need to see people. Yeah. Okay, and really just getting to know somebody's name and being able to address them by their name is part of that. I mean, that is about – so um, So we – go ahead. What were you going to say? No. Okay, so, so we have – so you bring people in and you train them on how to be more – not only more aware but more active and you give them real practical strategies. Okay? That's right. And, and how do, how long does the training last? How often do the trainings occur? Is there a cost associated with those? Yes. Well, we have a number of trainings. We have the five-day training that happens. We're in May. Um, the next time we're offering it is um, Monday through Friday, May 13th through the 17th in Minneapolis. And we still have room in that training, so we'd love to have people come. What time of the day? Um, it's an all-day. It's all-day from 8.30 to 4.30. On the final day, it ends at 1 o'clock. Um, but we have the biggest we do um, uh, for that is 26 people. But we okay. still have room at this point. And then another... And, and, and what is that training called? That is called Strategies for Trauma Awareness and Resilience, or the STAR training. Okay. That's the acronym right. STAR. Yeah. Okay. And and uh, hold on while we're doing this. People can go to your website and learn more about this. Absolutely. So what is the website so we can get that? MNPeace.org. So MinnesotaPeace.org. MNPeace.org. Okay. And then there's a schedule of all the events that people can find. Okay. All right. Um, And... Uh, so we've got Star coming up, and then you've got LunaFest coming, right? We do. And we're, we've only got a few seconds before we have to take a break, but give us the very quick um, – we'll come back and talk about LunaFest. What is it? Just at least let's like, get that out. It's a LunaFest. Minneapolis is a women's film festival that we put on as a fundraiser. Um, to be able to raise funds for our Racial and Economic Equity Scholarship Fund and to support our programs as well. Okay. All right. And where will LunaFest take place? At the Riverview Theater in South Minneapolis. On what day? On April, Wednesday, April 24th. Okay. Beginning, the festivities begin at 6 o'clock. The films begin at 7. They go till 9. And then for um, people that want to, there's an after party across the street. Okay. All right. Well, when we come back, we'll talk more about LunaFest and more about Minnesota Peace Building Leadership Institute. You're listening to me, Ellie Krug. I've been interviewing Donna Minter, who's the executive director of Minnesota Peace Building. Um, when we come back, we'll talk more about their work. If you like what you hear, visit my website at elliekrug.com. And we'll be back in a minute. Thanks. This is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many listeners know that I founded Human Inspiration Works, LLC, which trains on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on diversity and inclusion. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change the way they see the world. I'd love to help make your organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Hi, I'm Donna Minter, founder and executive director of the Minnesota Peacebuilding Leadership Institute. Please join us Wednesday, April 24th from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Riverview Theater in Minneapolis for LunaFest, our women's film festival for community peacebuilding. 
We'll show eight internationally curated short films by, for, and about women. We'll raffle off seven baskets filled with thousands of dollars worth of gift cards, merchandise, and service vouchers. This year, Minneapolis City Council Vice President Andrea Jenkins will be our honorary LunaFest chairwoman. $25 gets you eight short films and festivities. $50 gets all of that and the after party at the Riverview Cafe. The best part is the proceeds benefit Minnesota Peacebuilding Leadership Institute programs and our Racial and Economic Equity Trainee Scholarship Fund. To learn more and purchase tickets, visit mnpeace.org and find LunaFest under events. That's mnpeace.org. See you there. Finding the best foods the Twin Cities has to offer is easy with eatlocalminnesota.com. Offering the top local and independently owned restaurants, eatlocalminnesota.com has everything from burger joints to cocktails and fine dining. It's Greek to Me has been a family-owned Lynn Lake landmark since 1982. Under new ownership, the Janakis Karis family offers classically inspired modern Greek cuisine in a sublime space with gracious hospitality. Be sure to visit their charming bar and explore wines and specialty drinks from Greece. Find It's Greek to Me at 626 West Lake Street in Minneapolis or at itsgreektomemn.com. Crooner's Lounge and Supper Club invites you to check out their beautiful facilities for your next special occasion. Book your wedding reception, retirement party, business dinner, or other special event with confidence, knowing their expert staff and award-winning chef will make it a big hit with your guests. Call today to get a quote, 763-571-9020. Rudy Luther Toyota has a great selection of new vehicles, but Rudy Luther is one of the top 10 largest volume Toyota certified pre-owned vehicle dealers in the country. They have the best cars, an amazing selection, and unbelievable pricing. With Rudy Luther Toyota fair value pricing, you'll always get an unbeatable price on every vehicle. They'll give you that fair value price up front with no hassle. Online at Rudy Luther Toyota or stop by Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. With your AM950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today will be mostly cloudy with a high of 53 and a low around 38. Tuesday, partly sunny with a high of 61 and a low around 44. Wednesday, a chance of rain with a high of 55 and a low around 41. Whatever April showers bring this year, Standard Heating and Air Conditioning has you covered. Their triple savings sale offers $2,300 in savings on a new furnace and A.C. Learn more about this great deal at standardheatingdeals.com. Standard Heating and A.C., comfort you deserve. And we're back on AM 950, LE 2.0 Radio. Um, you're listening to me, your hostess with the mostest, Ellie Krug. I know, I just made some people smile when I just said that. I've been interviewing Donna Minter from the Minnesota Peacebuilding Leadership Institute. Donna, before we took our break, you talked about LunaFest, which, of course, I just love the name LunaFest. And it is a film festival um, with films about women. Yes? That's right. Or by women. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, is it i mean is it all about activism or some of the films like comedies or or what it, are what are our films there it's a real mix okay. so you'll be inspired you'll laugh and you'll also go oh my gosh i never heard about that kind of experience that okay. um, women go through some women go through so it's um, this this year there are eight short films by okay. for and about women um LunaFest was actually created 18 years ago by the owner of Luna Bars, the okay. sports nutrition bars for yep. women. Sure. And they offer LunaFest to nonprofits around throughout North America to put on for a fundraiser. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so this is going to happen on April 24th. It's a what day of the week? It's a Wednesday evening. Okay. Beginning at what time? The festivities begin at 7. I mean, sorry, 6 o'clock, and the films uh, begin at 7. At the Riverview Theater. That's oh, right. Okay, over in Cedar Riverside. And Actually, that, it's in Longfellow. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You're right. Sorry. Longfellow. Yep. And um, and then uh, you can pay a little bit extra and get the VIP treatment, which means going across the street to the wine bar. The Riverview Cafe. Yes. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So if people want to do that, and if they want to find more about that, they can go to your website. Again, give us that website. M- MNPeace.org. Okay. Now, um, 
And before we talk about you, I just want to finish talking about your nonprofit. Um, this is something that you you essentially help build, right? Yes. So give us uh, give us a little bit of the origin. Well, um, I because you are not by nature nonprofit executive director. No, no. Okay. My my background, my training is um, I'm trained as a license. I am a licensed psychologist. And I, my, rather than being a specialist in, or an expert in doing psychotherapy, my specialties have been in neuropsychology yeah. and then also forensic psychology. And I still practice uh, forensic psychology. I do evaluations uh, with defendants when attorneys or judges are like, this person has a mental illness, illness and they don't understand what's happening in court. So I'm asked to come in as an expert. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. right. So you, 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 you and I have both been in the same realm in terms of dealing with judges and lawyers. Yeah. And, and okay, so that's your background. So how the heck did you get into running a nonprofit? Well, as most people could probably imagine in both of those fears, I saw so much unhealed psychological trauma. And I am a believer in psychotherapy and individual family and group psychotherapy. And I started thinking, you know, there's just a lot of really basic information about um, psychological trauma that if we could just give people the words and the language, there are many things that people in their own spheres mm-hmm. of influence could do to create, begin to create a healing community, healing culture. And so I talked to my mentor. This was back in uh, 2008. Um, I talked to my men- my psychology mentor from when I was in graduate school and said, you know, Carolyn, I'm looking for a new way to use my 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 psychology expertise. And she just said to me, you got to take STAR. And I was like, what? Okay, I don't know what STAR is. And so, but I did what she told me to. Um, and I went down to Virginia to take Strategies for Trauma Awareness and Resilience, the five-day STAR training, okay. where it was created. And I took it for my own professional development because I needed the continuing education. But halfway through the week, I'm like, I've been to a lot of trauma trainings, and this one's really different because it defines trauma much much more broadly, includes right. collective as well as individual traumas. But it also then integrates concepts like, like restorative justice, nonviolent conflict transformation, peace building, human security, and very broadly defined spirituality. And I'm like, nobody's doing this other places. So I said to them, you know, I'd like to bring this back to Minnesota because I bet you there are a few people at least that would like to take this training. So we put on that first training in June of 2010, and I had no intention that it was going to go beyond that. But after that training, the folks that came just said, you got to do this again because we're, we're a diverse group and we all agree on this. So that's how it started. And now we've trained over 2,500 people. Here in the Twin Cities. Here in the Twin okay. Cities, all yeah. Right. Well, that's – you know, I continue to believe that most people think that trauma is – you've got to have blood – or, or guts, and they don't. Um, that mo- many people, and that was me until I came to understand it. You know, that many people don't understand that trauma can simply be you witnessing a parent hitting another parent, or even a wit, or witnessing a parent screaming at another parent, or a parent just going missing. I mean, all of that is in the realm of trauma. Absolutely. So, but so we have to educate people about that, and I and I firmly believe that more people who understand that that causes trauma to their children once they understand that that some degree, some percentage of people will stop engaging in that behavior at least in front of their kids, right. you know. And of course, that's very important. Well, let's talk about you, okay? Because you are, um, you know, uh, you are. There's no question you're an idealist. No one goes down this road of taking a training and then converting some five-day experience into a nonprofit. And you told me off the air that your nonprofit has a budget of about $200,000, which, by the way, with all the work that you're doing, I'm just going to tell you is an astronomical efficiency um, that you, you, your nonprofit should have way more money than what it's doing. Um, 
and so no, but no one goes down the road of having a training and then becoming an idealist and, and creating a nonprofit. So what made you so idealistic? Well, what, what was it in your background, uh, Miss Psychologist, um, <laughs> that, that got you here? I would say that um, I, well, I was raised in a home of two, I guess they're practical idealists as well. Tell me about um, that. My um, father, my mother and father are still living in northern Indiana. Um, he's 90 and she's 87. And um, he was a family physician before he, well, he still is, but he's retired now, of course. And both of my parents... Um, knew that with they didn't talk about it this way, but basically with all the privilege that they had, that they were responsible in and trying to make it as fun as possible to give back to the community. And so I witnessed that. My father and mother are still involved in um, community projects. Um, my dad was um, kind of through the back door, a big supporter of getting the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, really in a good place in very, northern Indiana. Okay, very important. Um, very important. Very important. He Because he saw in his medical practice all of these families that had so many needs and besides medical. And he, sa- he said, we have to give these, especially the families that are marginalized in our community, we have to give those kids some place safe to go where they can have role models beyond their family because right. that is the key to resilience and so he actually this was years ago he actually went to the boys and girls club which was a struggling nonprofit in our community he went to them and he said any chance you need a board member and they just were like oh my gosh this physician from the community and he became a board member and um because of all his contacts in the community he has helped them raise millions of dollars okay but you saw this i witnessed that you watched this right okay and see i have i mean the whole show is about bringing idealists on and the thing that i continue to hear time and again from folks is that there was some modeling in their life about people who went above and beyond just simply, you know, living their lives, but decided that they were going to do something bigger, um, or that they were just, in 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 small, even in smaller ways, had opened and and brought hearts. So okay, so you what witness that, and then what makes you what makes you tick? What makes you get up every day, as an idealist now? Well, when I. First, after I took the STAR training and I decided and I told the folks in Virginia where it was created, I want to bring this to Minnesota. It was like, you can ask my husband. I was just like driven. I have to do this. And the plan was to do it one time. And I... um, I just was like, I let's see what will happen. And there was a lot of anxiety around that because I'd never done that before. So I put together a PowerPoint um, presentation and made, set a goal that I would talk to any group over the course of about three months, those first three or four months in 2010, that I would present to any group, whether it was two people in a living room, and I did that, or 100 people in some kind of presentation a hall and just to get the word out about this and i think it was also you know i've also been a person that loved to set goals for myself i've been a backpacker and a hiker and so after we did this first training the person that i brought from virginia to be the prime she was that she's was the director of star that did she was the primary um trainer she found out that one time i had climbed mount kilimanjaro and she goes, this is your new Kilimanjaro, Donna. And I was like, you know, you're right. Uh, the difference is uh, there's no summit, you know. <laughs> it's a lot of summits that I keep. So, And, and after that first training, when it was so well received, um, I, by people from, we had five different racial and ethnic groups uh, represented, five different religious traditions represented at that first training. And they said, you got to do this again. I have people in my community that would like to take this, this training. And I was like, wow, I, I hadn't thought about that. But then I said, you know, if my community is hungry for this, let's feed them. Let's feed them so they can be empowered to go out and do this. Well, you know, that's not a given, though. 
It's not a given That's that right. you would decide that you're going to feed feed the community. It's not a given that you. I mean, you are um, no doubt. I've been an executive director of a nonprofit. It is a lot of hair pulling. Here you are talking about yet another fundraiser, okay? And listeners, by the way, please go to the Minnesota Peace Building and Leadership Institute website at mnpeace.org. Go there. Please check out Luna Fest. and, And please, go. And if you can't do that, consider at least making a donation to the nonprofit because I've got to tell you, with all that they're doing, $200,000 is bare bones. It is it is barely, you know, what is necessary to run a nonprofit of the degree that what you're trying to do, Donna. Well, Donna, we're running out of time. We've run out. But I just wanted to tell you, I've really enjoyed talking with you. And thanks for coming on LE 2.0 Radio. And most of all, thanks for being an idealist and Thanks for working to change the world. Okay. Thank you, Ellie. I we appreciate it. Just loved having you. So I've been speaking with Donna Minter, the executive director of the Minnesota Peacebuilding Leadership Institute. Um, please check out their Luna Fest. Um, and uh, please learn more about this wonderful, important organization. Um, it is idealism at work. When we come back from the break, um, we'll do my C block where I'll talk a little bit about my work. Thanks. This is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many listeners know that I founded Human Inspiration Works, LLC, which trains on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming, diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on diversity and inclusion. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change the way they see the world. I'd love to help make your organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shamblot from Shamblot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office. And I'm Rachel Shamblot. Did you know a lot of people are afraid of the dentist? You don't need to be afraid of my dad. He makes going to the dentist comfortable and even fun. We don't care if you're a dental regular or haven't seen a dentist in years. We just want to make you comfortable and get you out of pain. If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us. Art lovers, it's time to celebrate, learn about, and collect local art at the St. Paul Art Crawl, running April 26th to 28th. The Spring St. Paul Art Crawl, presented by the St. Paul Art Collective, is a must-do experience that you will love. Over the weekend, you will have the chance to explore a wide variety of art while touring through local artist studios, lofts, and galleries. Up for purchase will be paintings, photography, pottery, sculpture, fiber arts, and more. The Art Crawl sprawls over 34 locations. Join the Art Crawl and discover outstanding art for your own. And when you buy local art, you're providing to artists so that they may continue to create the art we love. The Metro Transit is supporting the local art community, too, with free transit passes. Download your pass to ride buses and light rail for free during the Art Crawl. Be sure to get details at stpaulartcrawl.org. That's stpaulartcrawl.org. Guess who called me the other day? You did. Hi, Mark Sommerfeld of Computer Revolution in Roseville. I want to thank AM950 listeners who called to thank us for supporting the station. So here's an offer exclusive to 950 listeners. Bring your broken computer or cell phone to our Roseville store, say I'm an AM950 listener, and you'll receive $20 off any repair. Computer Revolution Cell Phone Repair, located in Roseville at Highway 36 and Fairview Avenue, or call 651-633-6600. And thanks. Branding Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. And we're back on LE 2.0 Radio on AM 950. Okay, Donna Minter, idealist. 
Oh, boy. Let me just tell you. And running a nonprofit with a very limited budget, um, it is not easy. I used to run a nonprofit. I know what it's like. And they are doing a lot with a string, shoestring budget. So please um, check them out at their website at minnesotapeace.org. See what they're doing. Go go to LunaFest. I'm going to try and make it myself. And so um, please support them. See what they're doing. All right. We're in our block C now where I'm going to talk a little bit about my work. And um, and I want to talk um, about the idea of impact and about how some people champion my work and how I am so <clears throat> incredibly grateful and humble, humbled about it. Um, you know, there is no easy measurement for how my idealism, my practical idealism is working. I mean, I, <clears throat> I'm i not elected, so I can't count votes. Um, I don't hold rallies where we can count heads. I mean, I do trainings, but I, I have to be invited. Yes, I've done a couple of public trainings, and those have been fairly successful, but we're not like talking about throngs of people showing up. Um, yes, many times when I do uh, my talks or evaluations afterwards, um, when I like work with a business and Boy, do I get some really nice remarks, but sometimes I don't get nice remarks. I mean, you can't please everyone. Um, but one way that I do have some sense of impact is by hearing about people who champion my work. And please understand, this is not about me. I, you know, again, I want to be just as humble as possible. I do not want to have a big head. I try not to have this big ego. It's really more about trying to make the world a better place. Um, you know, but I'm finding that there are people out there that are championing my gray area thinking human inclusivity training or my trans 101 training. And gosh, that is just so incredibly great. And I've come across a number of champions of late. Um, you know, um, I, I have shared with folks and I've shared with you, I mean, I have a mission to get to places where transgender people aren't visible, like out in greater Minnesota, you know, like into churches and things like that. So champions I've come across of late, you know, I met a man, Joe, at um, one of my trainings. Um, I've talked about him in the past. I mean, he has befriended me and is now contributing monthly um, to my work so that I can buy books and donate books to organizations um, that otherwise would not be able, or to people who otherwise would not be able to to afford my my um, memoir, Getting to Ellen. Um, I had a guest on the show uh, just uh, last week, John, um, who is working to help me come to his church um, in a conservative part of, the, of uh, the metro area. And that's important because um, I need to go to places where People have never met a transgender person before because I, I'd i like to think that what I do is I let them know that I'm human just like they are and that I am just trying to make my way to survive the human condition like they are. And then just yesterday, I learned of an award by the Minnesota – or excuse me, the Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Journal selecting my company or me um, for um, a Business of Pride Award naming um, – naming us as the uh, 2019 Career Achievement honorees. And and uh, I'm not telling you this about giving you, uh, uh, about having this big thing, because I'm really embarrassed about getting awards, frankly. I don't know what to say when I get them. Um, but I wanted to tell you the award came about because there was someone, um, Carol, um, who's a business owner, a company that I, I've worked with her company, and she went to the trouble of nominating me for that award and in completing what I understand to be a long, detailed form um, uh, to get my name in front of the Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Journal so they could consider me. And, and as it turned out, it worked. I mean, I am extremely humbled by all of that. Um, and And... and that leaves me to the next thing I want to say, which is this. I am hearing from you listeners. I am. Um, you know, again, the web, uh, the email is lejkrug at gmail.com and feel free to email me. But I am hearing from you. 
you know, and I mean, I've been asking you to send me stories about uh, random acts of, of kindness that you have witnessed or been involved in, and people are doing that, and, and I'm working, hopefully, to have a show where I can share those stories. So please send those stories to me, but what I am starting to realize, what I'm starting to understand is that actually this show is different than a lot of other shows. I mean, I love my friend Matt McNeil. God, Matt, you just you just rock it. You just do great work. But I'm getting the sense from what I'm listening from listeners as to how they're reacting to me is that in some way um, I am becoming a human whisperer, for lack of a better phrase, that, that I am talking to you directly from my heart and that you are actually listening and responding. And... Um, this is a wonderful forum for me to do that because I think I'm a relatively sincere person and because I care about humans. And, and I do. I mean, I, I know you're going to be like, well, sure. But actually, all of you listening right now, I actually care about you. I do. We are all in this together. We are all trying to make our way. We are, we are all struggling in one way or another, to be our best possible selves or to have other people in our lives be their best possible selves. We are struggling with that, and I get that, and I know that. And you know, that is the, that is the pathway to, to healing our country. That is the pathway to getting past all of the crap. Now the idealist in me is coming out, and I'm talking to you directly. Because the way that we can get past all of our difficulties is to understand whether you're blue or red or Bernie or whatever color you are now, or now Mayor Pete, whatever color you are, that really we all have in common, that we just want our kids to succeed. That's what we want, our grandkids, our nieces, our nephews. There is no color attached to our children succeeding. Or to, or to wanting to be free of physical or emotional violence, or wanting just 20 minutes of peace, or wanting to simply love and be loved. That is what we all want. And we can do that. It's just going to take some work. And I will whisper to you. I will talk with you. I will be here for you. As we do that work, I mean that. From the bottom of my heart, I mean that. I'm here for you. I am. We can do this. Okay, well, um, that's another show in the bag. Um, thank you for listening. Um, I need to thank um, my uh, sponsor, Brending Electrolysis. Uh, let Bev know that I've recommended you. I mean, go to her. She's in St. Paul. She does incredibly great work. I can't tell you enough. And please, um, if you ever meet my producer, Brett Johnson, you've got to make sure you say to him, Brett, I hear you do a great job because he does. He does a great job. And to you, my listeners, please go have a good week. If you hear or see or witness a random act of kindness, please email me about that so that we can get that on the show. And most of all, go out and be good. Be kind to other humans. Please, you can do it. And I'll be here with you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.